You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, bodacious bunch of buds with big bouncy brains welcome to <laughs> good job brain your ooh. glad you said brains yeah uh-huh. weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast this is episode 62 and of course i'm your humble host karen and we are your quasi qualifying quartet who quibble over quizzes questions quandaries and quesadillas <laughs> oh that didn't really work it's not quesadillas quesadillas <laughs> i'm colin i'm dana i'm chris Without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hotshot. Here I have a Trivial Pursuit card with oh, with a picture on it. Darn it. All right, I'll, I'll come up with something. And you guys have your buzzers, so let's answer some questions. Uh, let's see how I can reframe this. Blue Wedge for Geography. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Skip it. Wow. No, no, I got it. Okay, okay. Okay, right. okay, okay. What... <laughs> What legume's name literally translates to twig bean? Uh, literally translates to twig bean. From what language? Do you know? <laughs> There'll probably be too much information. From Japanese. Oh. Oh. Edamame? Yes. Oh. Edamame. Okay. Soybeans. Yes. Same okay. thing. It's a picture of it. Got it. What is this? Okay. What is this? All right, pink wedge for pop culture. What baseball player coined the phrase, you gotta believe? Mm. I have no idea. Everybody's looking yeah. at I'll, I'll guess. I'll guess Yogi Berra. It is Tug McGraw. Uh, oh, That's yeah. a fake name, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tug, no, Tug you're thinking McGraw. Tug McGraw. <laughs> <laughs> Tug McGraw's a real guy. <laughs> Tug McGraw. That's good. All right, yellow wedge. What is Times Square named after? Chris. The New York Times building. Yes, yes, New York Times. Before the paper's headquarters opened there in 1904, the area was known as Long Acre Square. Purple Wedge. What Ian McEwen novel became a movie starring Kira Knightley and James McAvoy? Was that uh, Bend It Like Beckham? No. <laughs> Is it Pirates of the Caribbean? No. Oh, man. Are you guys just naming Kira Knightley? <laughs> yeah, movie? pretty yeah. much. Pretty Why? What? Yeah. Oh, was it Domino? No. No. Shoot. What was it? It's Atonement. Oh, oh yes. I was yes. like, they were and, in a movie together. What and was Cersei it? Seriously, yeah. Ronan. All right. Green Wedge for a science. What do you suffer from if you have dichromatic vision? You have color blindness. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Last question Orange Wedge. In golf, what is the American equivalent of the British term albatross? Oh. Chris. A double eagle. Yes. Mm -hmm. Double eagle. A score of three (laughs) under par for a hole. You wouldn't know I hate golf. (laughs) I think we had that in trivia before. We did. So they're the same thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah. All right. Good job, brains. So we're in the last month of spring. We have one more month to do all your spring cleaning, even though I've never, ever ever cleaned there's a Roomba and that's it I'll turn it on I'll press a button and it turns it on it works harder for its money yeah. <laughs> you have two big dogs <laughs> yeah, it does we thought this week we're gonna focus on cleaning my arch nemesis <laughs> now I go cleaning windows to earn an honest bob 
For a nosy parker it's an interesting job Now it's a job that just suits me A window cleaner you would be If you can see what I can see When I'm cleaning windows Last week we talked about mornings, your other arch nemesis. I know. <laughs> mornings and cleaning. Uh, are, it's the kryptonite to my Superman. <laughs> I believe that I will start us off with some light quizzing about cleaning products. All right. How about that? This super absorbent cloth is sold by many names, but Pitchman Vince Offer gave it this one. Uh, Dana. ShamWow. The ShamWow. Sham yes. Wow. Now, when I was a kid, they they called it the Amazing Shammy on TV. But yeah. it was still the same thing. Yeah. Oh. An extremely absorbent cloth. ShamWow is just like... It's just it's their a brand. brand. It's a oh, ShamWow yeah. brand shammy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The Germans made it. it ShamWow. You know, they always make good stuff. Uh, Pitchman <laughs> Billy Mays was best known for selling this all-purpose stain remover. Seems like Colin. That is OxyClean. OxyClean, mm-hmm. yes. This wood cleaner pitched by Mays is made of citrus oil. Oh, it was man. Uh, sold by Billy Mays on television, made of citrus oil. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Mm. Oh, Citrus Clean. Oh, if only. Huh. Uh, it's Orange Glow. Oh, Billy Mays okay. here in Orange Glow, glow. That's right, yes. That's right. Finally, if you're having problems with hard water buildup, Billy Mays will sell you this explosive bathroom cleaner. Oh, oh, what is it called? It's... Don't use the word explosive. <laughs> and the word bathroom in the same and sentence. Bathroom. Explosive bathroom cleaner. Oh, right. It's the one that builds up the little air bubble. and It's called, like, the, the kaboom or something. It is called kaboom! Oh, yes! <laughs> kaboom! Sure. This naturally occurring cleaning product was originally hauled out of Death Valley, California by teams of 20 mules. Colin. Borax. Borax. Yes. What? Which is a naturally occurring substance called borax. Well, um, where do they? Where does it occur? It's mine. In nature. It, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a mineral. And they um, are famously in the package, 20 Mule Team Borax. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That is that is the trademark of that particular brand, but anybody can use borax to refer to the, to the substance. The package of this popular cleaning product used originally on boats depicts... A man based on an image of a U.S. Navy sailor, not a genie. Oh. Uh, well, Mr. Clean. Oh! <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, it's Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean was not a genie. Mr. Clean is just sort of based on an image of a sailor with an earring and huh. stuff like that. Yeah. Here's a question for you guys, and I want to see what answer I get out of this, because I did okay. a lot of research into this. All right. All right. What is soap? What is soap? What do you mean? What is it? What is soap? It's a mixture of... uh, Not not quite. Uh, It's a mixture of lipids and bases. Yes. uh, And it it has like surfactant properties, so it it lowers the surface tension of water. No, not what what does it do. Oh, okay. (laughs) But what is soap? It's... Base base and lipids. A cleaner. A basic Uh, cleaner. So it is the the alkali salt of a fatty acid. Now, of course, I have no idea what that means, but you're right. It is when you combine a base or an alkali, right, with uh, with fat, what results from the chemical reaction that occurs is soap. Typically, beef tallow. Mm. That is the cheapest kind of fat. You'll see, like, sodium tallowate listed Mm. in ingredient, and that's actually soap. When... Ivory soap says that it's 99 and 44 one hundredths percent pure. What that means is 99.44% of it is the alkali salt of fatty acid, that stuff. 
And the rest of it is just other minerals that happen to get in there during the process. Mm. You can see Don Draper turning the, <laughs> turning the board around. So, yeah. No, it's not impure. It's 99% pure. Now, the FDA lays down the definition of, like, this is what is soap versus this is what is a detergent versus, right. like, body wash, For whatever. purposes. However, as it turns out, if your product does what soap does... And mm. is used by people for what they would use soap for. It you can just soap. call it soap. Got it. Yeah. You might not have very much soap in your bathroom right now. Right. Like if you have like liquid soap and shampoo and body wash, unless you've got like things that are like a bar of ivory where most of it was made by combining lye and beef tallow, you don't actually have actual soap. The process of combining lye and fat to create soap is called saponification put put saponification sapo is uh, latin for soap oh yep put that back there in the memory banks might come up one day actually what yeah saponification cool so speaking of don draper and mad men and old school tricky marketing one of the personal hygiene products that always had had trouble back in the day of appealing to the masses is deodorants and antiperspirants mm. Mm. you don't imagine from our standpoint today thinking back thinking that they would have trouble marketing yeah in the 1900s even though it's kind of you know the dawn of a new century it's still within kind of victorian proper etiquette mindset that mm. just people didn't want to talk about a body odor oh, sure of, yeah. okay they don't yeah. want to talk about sweat they don't want to admit that that's a problem right because anything bodily was very taboo yeah it is and also nobody ever i mean we don't smell our own body odor we smell other people's so you and i can well i mean you you can't notice you can you don't notice your own as much so do you guys know how antiperspirants work basically i think they they short out your electrical system right whoa what (laughs) we're uh, all robots that's why a lot of them have like aluminum oxides and things in them that they react with your body's electrochemical reactions was my understanding yes uh so most Mm -hmm. antiperspirants contain ingredients uh that are basically in the family of aluminum salts and and the main way is put it in your pits it dissolves sweat and it creates a thin coating of a gel-like substance and it covers up the sweat glands so oh. you actually... So it goes in your sweat holes and doesn't yes, come out. your sweat yeah. holes. Okay. Shut yes. your sweat hole. And this coating reduces the amount of sweat that is released onto the surface of the skin. Therefore, uh, you won't smell as bad. Do you guys know what the first commercial deodorant is called? Ooh. First commercial deodorant in America. I'm going to guess that it's one that still Stop exists. It. <laughs> Stop it is one of the earlier ones. Wow. But not, yes, but not the first one. First one is called Mum. M-U-M. Okay. And you know, when we talk about deodorants, we're thinking of like a stick and we just put it on in our armpits. Most of the most of the deodorants were like a cream or a gel that you have to spread with your fingers and your Uh in your armpit holes. So here's the challenge of actually marketing deodorants. A copywriter, very mad Ben-esque, his name is James Young, a guy. He wrote copy and try to market deodorants for ladies and this is an ad that showed up in a 1919 edition of ladies home journal not beating around the bush like it is (laughs) it is it is very straightforward he says a woman's arm poets have sung of it great artists have painted its beauty it should be the daintiest, sweetest thing in the world and yet unfortunately it isn't always 
this advertisement goes on explaining that like, hey, if you want to appeal to guys and you want to keep a man, you better not smell bad. Right. Yeah. Right. right. So this advertisement actually shocked a lot of people. <laughs> it seems so tame now. Well, no, well, I'm reading it to you guys. You know, of course, it'd be like, oh, my God, like to keep a man. What? They're not shocked about that. They're just shocked that someone is addressing the problem of women right. sweating and smelling bad right. so they're all offended and so a lot of people even canceled their subscription to the magazine <laughs> um, a lot of james young the copywriter a lot of his female friends wouldn't even talk to him they're just really really pissed off at him you know about like how dare you bring up this th- this, <laughs> this problem wow. this- but the thing is it worked it totally yeah. worked he was writing this ad for a, a product called odor oh no and 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 sales rose and and it was actually successful in terms of selling the product to appeal to women marketers trying to play on the insecurities of women and you got to keep your man well then how do you market deodorants to dudes for a really really long time sweat and odor is kind of associated with manliness like right. people who've worked on the farms and labor it's got and, that musk yeah, yeah. right yeah. man yeah. How, how do we shatter that idea of it so then this is what marketers did in the great depression uh in the 1930s men were really worried about losing their jobs and so ads focused on the embarrassment of being stinky and how unprofessional it is mm. and how grooming oh. is important. And don't have this yeah. be the reason that you lose your job. Exactly. Right. You're, going, you're going into an office. You're going into a working at a desk type yeah, environment versus working in the field. It's tricky because they also had to really set the male deodorant apart from female deodorant. Because if they're selling deodorants, they're like, oh, that's for ladies. No, no, no. That's no, like no. perfumey and flowery. Yeah. Yeah. So in addition to all the, the, the marketing attitude, they did a lot of stuff to make the product of appeal to men, including one example is this company called Seaforth. They sold the deodorant. Like I said, it used to be a cream. and They would sell them in whiskey jugs. <laughs> whiskey is man. Therefore, hmm. this is your product. I could see a yeah. uh, marketer doing that today, actually. Yeah. I could see, yeah, I could see Old back. Spice or somebody yeah, having axe. a line. Yeah, sure. Yeah, just sold in a whiskey jug. Absolutely. Totally. But now it's so funny because it's like almost not, I wouldn't say it's a necessity, but it's, it's not taboo to buy deodorant. Hmm. Like, who cares? You know? Probably is taboo not to. Exactly. Because they've brainwashed us yeah. thinking that we really need it. <laughs> Reminds me of the Listerine thing. Stinky breath wasn't a problem until it was identified as a problem and then everybody got self-conscious yep. about it. What I like about all these ads too mm-hmm. is they all have sort of the, the neutral kind of third party. It's many people are not aware that their breath smells or that yeah. their armpits stink. You know, it's not, hey, you might not be yeah, aware yeah, that yeah. you stink. Well, I want to talk to you guys about the fall and then rise and then fall and then rise again. Whoa, uh, a roller cleaning coaster. Product. I like it. Uh, phoenix. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, like a multiple phoenix. I mean, just a quintessentially just American story. I love this one. And as I tell the story, you guys may sort of sniff where I'm going with it, but just <laughs> play along. Play along. And Simmer just, down. Yeah. Stick with so me at the end. Pretend to be interested the whole yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh-huh, like you normally yeah. do when I'm talking. Yeah, pretend to be interested. Wow. Cool. <laughs> if you Amazing. have something to say, say it on the inside. <laughs> 
in, until around 1950 uh, in America, you know, most homes used coal for heating. Mm-hmm. This was before gas and oil. This was just a very efficient, cost-effective way to heat your home. Coal is cheaper and heats more efficiently than wood, for instance. Mm-hmm. If you lived in the part of the country where you needed a stove or a furnace, you were using coal. Oh, got it. Not like in the fireplace. Right, yeah. Not for, you know, warm fire, for warming your house. Cheap and largely effective. But one of the problems with burning coal is there's soot and coal dust everywhere. But from a practical standpoint, having coal in your house means that your walls get covered with soot and there's coal dust all Mm -hmm. around. Uh And it's a big deal of keeping your house clean from soot and coal dust. What was a very common way of doing this was you would have sort of a household mixture. A common recipe for cleaning soot and coal off your walls would you would make up a compound that was flour and water and some salt and some borax, good old borax, mm-hmm. which we talked about before. Okay. So you'd kind of, you know, you'd knead these together and it would make like a paste. And what you would do is you I would, know where you're going with this. Yeah, I figured you might. Okay. And you would roll the paste up and down the wall, uh, your wallpaper in particular, and it would pull the soot off and the mm-hmm. dust off. And it was a very effective way of cleaning your wallpaper. Of course, before long, some companies got in the business of selling pre-mixed wallpaper cleaners. You go to the store, buy a jar of it. Save yourself the hassle, and mm-hmm. disposable and cheap. I want to tell you about a man named Cleo McVicker. And Cleo McVicker was a young salesman working for a company called Kutal Products. K-U-T-O-L. Yes. Yeah. Kutal. Kutal. Kutal Products. In uh, 1927, Kutal Products was not doing well. The company, they sold mainly soaps, cleaning supplies, household stuff, and the company was was failing. They basically tasked young Cleo McVicker to sell off all of their remaining inventory. Oh, They're like, dude, okay. just go here, clear us out, get as much as we can, and then we're going to shutter the business. Because you he was so young. <laughs> he was naive. He thought, no, I'm going to make this work. And uh, Cleo McVicker turned out to be such a successful soap salesman that he convinced the bosses to give the company another try. He's like, I can make this work. Look, look how much soap I just sold for you guys. He brought in his brother, Joe, and Joe and Cleo sort of kept the Kutal company going. In one of uh, his many acts of uh, brashness, Cleo brokered a deal with the Kroger's supermarket chain. And he basically went to them. And Kroger's up to this point had been selling their own kind of brand of Kroger's wallpaper cleaner. Uh And he went and said, hey, look, you know, let us supply your wallpaper cleaner. We'll give you a better product. We'll cut you a good deal. The Kroger's reps are like, oh, okay, you know how to make a good product. And Cleo's like, absolutely. So then Cleo comes back home. He's like, Joe, we got to figure out how to make some wallpaper cleaner. <laughs> and as I say, it wasn't a big secret or anything. They sort of just modified some of the homemade recipes. Sure enough, with their foot in the door at Kroger's, they were selling a lot of Kutal wallpaper cleaner. And it kind of became one of the the name in wallpaper cleaning compounds of the day. <laughs> So that was in 1933. And, you know, moving forward a few years, things are going along swimmingly, selling a lot of wallpaper cleaner compound. And then the company kind of had to face two two really bad things happen. One, Cleo Mifiker died in a plane crash oh. in 1949. And the second thing was, as I mentioned, you know, we're uh, post-World War II now and we're reaching the 50s and coal was rapidly being phased out as a way of heating your home in America, right. particularly. People were converting over to oil and gas furnaces um. and the coal industry really yes. started to go down. He was making buggy whips at this point, he, right? No yeah. one was buying, no one's buying his wallpaper cleaner because they didn't have soot to clean off the wallpapers anymore. Yep. So around this time, Joe McVicker, Cleo's brother, his wife uh, spotted an article 
in a homemaker's journal uh, magazine kind of thing. And the article was talking about cost-effective ways of decorating your home for Christmas. And they featured a little tip. You know, you might imagine kind of like a Martha Stewart living kind of thing of mm -hmm. using wallpaper cleaning compound to make your own Christmas ornaments. So you roll it out and you could use like cookie cutters and stamp it out and it would semi-dry and hang it up that way. And she realized, wait a minute, we can have a <laughs> whole new life of this wallpaper cleaning compound as a craft and toy and arts and crafts supply. Yeah. So Chris... I'm pretty sure has sussed out where we're going. No yes. They decided to rechristen this product under the new name. Play-Doh. Play-Doh. Oh, I was going to be like Elmer's. <laughs> Play-Doh, yeah. Yes. And, you know, sure enough, stories started coming in that a lot of teachers in classrooms were like, oh, yeah, I use it with my kids because it's safe. It's non-toxic. It's made with stuff that you can mix up at home. Yep. If the kids eat it, you know, which a lot of kids it's do. Fine. It, it tastes it's made good. of flour and yeah. water. No, it yeah. does right. not yeah. taste good. It it's so salty. I, I actually like the way it tastes. I, so I will yeah. admit. Kids eat um, boogers, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's why Colin likes it. Yeah, yeah. It's me and boogers. <laughs> yeah, I'm on a yeah 30% booger diet <laughs> by volume. Oh, yikes! So they uh, <laughs> sorry by volume. Uh, Ew. Ew. Not by weight. Yeah. Not by weight because that would be gross. Yeah. <laughs> They're just kind of loose. <laughs> They're like kale. So they started distributing the product, uh, Play-Doh, under the name Rainbow Crafts because it came in. In fact, there is still the classic pack. It came in three tins of red, yellow, and blue, blue. Play-Doh. And you uh -huh. can mix them together, as you know, if you know your color theory, to make any other variety of colors that you want. And it is still non-toxic. It is still largely the same ingredients. And everything in there has a function. The borax works to prevent mold from growing in the Play-Doh. Uh -huh. um, they, uh, they add a few more things to it in the modern formulation. They add some oils and other things like that and you know obviously artificial colors right. and you know some fragrance mm -hmm. but it is essentially the same stuff wow. that started off as wallpaper cleaning compound yeah wow which you can now use to clean your wallpaper yeah you oh yeah p.s you, you can still use a... it to clean soot yeah. if you have any soot if you're if you're still burning coal <laughs> if you're that one family in america that's like i'll be a coal man till the day i die <laughs> this newfangled oil from the 50s all the way on more or less in a straight line it was just success yep. after success for the play-doh company mm -hmm. now owned by uh, has bro i believe wow that's cool mm -hmm. too bad cleo didn't get to see that it is just yeah. the the very cusp of yeah i think he would have loved the reinvention of the company absolutely dana you shouldn't play with play-doh because it has gluten in it <gasps> uh, i don't eat it that's a big concern that because there is gluten, gluten allergy wheat, yeah i guess if you're handling it if it yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah if you have a severe gluten allergy yeah. then yeah it might yeah. i don't know Wow, that's genuine wow. <laughs> not okay, Colin. Not, not fame wow. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That was the one out of ten case there. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, let's take a quick break. A word from our sponsor. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. 
If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. Welcome back. You're listening to Good Job Brain. And this week we're talking about things that are clean. So fresh and so clean. All right. I have a quiz for you guys. I call it as clean on TV. It's about. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's about characters who are maids or butlers oh, or housekeepers okay. Okay. on TV shows. Right. Oh man, I'm okay. glad I didn't think of the pun as clean on TV. Well, I, I also had like I only clean on TV, clean on clean on TV, like lean on me, and then I was like, if I have to explain clean it, it's me. a bad, no. yeah. it's a bad pun. <laughs> we, we don't want to see me. how the sausage is made, Dana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> say it, say it in your head, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. First one. So I'll give you the name of the TV show and maybe what the domestic role was. And then you tell me who the person is, who the character is. All right. All right. The Brady Bunch, the maid. Everybody. Alice. The Jeffersons, the maid. Karen. Rosie. No. No. Florence. Yes. That was, you're thinking, yeah, of, you're the thinking of the Jetsons. What'd you say? The Jeffersons. Oh! <laughs> yes, Florence. Yes. Sorry. Frazier, the housekeeper. Chris. Daphne. Daphne. Yeah. The Adams family. Karen. <laughs> Lurch. Yes. Oh, okay. Who's the boss? <laughs> Tony. Tony. Tony Maselli. Tony yep. The Simpsons. Chris. Uh, Sherry Bobbins. That's the nanny. Oh, I'm talking about the janitor. Sorry. Groundskeeper Willie. Groundskeeper Willie. Oh, okay. Downtown Abbey, the butler. There's a lot of household staff on that show. Um, I mean, Bates is the the valet, but I don't know who the butler is. That was what I was going to say. It was Bates, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Carson. Oh, Mr. Carson. Yeah. Okay. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, butler. Was it uh, Jar- 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 oh, Jeffrey. Jar- Jeffrey. Jeffrey? Jeffrey. Oh, Jarvis Jar- was uh, Iron Man. <laughs> Jar- Jar- Jarfrey. Jarts. Jarts. <laughs> Is it Jorts? <laughs> Batman, the butler. Alfred. Alfred. You know his last name? Pennyworth? Yes. Pennyworth. Wow. Pennyworth. All right, so this is a special little category. I have two women. They were both mm. maids in the original show. Okay. And then there was a spinoff show that All they right. were on, and they were not maids on that show, but they were the same character. All right. Okay. All right. Whoa. I, I'm so, with you. All right. First one, Maud. Uh, that was Florida, who mm-hmm. later went on to uh, Good Times. She was the mom on Good Times. Yes. Wow. wow. What? Florida, yes. Florida. Florida Evans. Hey. Yeah. And Different Strokes. Colin. Edna Garrett, yep. who was oh, their course. housekeeper and then went off to uh, Facts Start of Life. Of... Here's another little special subsection. Whoa. These are butlers who are also the titular character <laughs> of the okay. show. Okay, sure. All right. This is a butler to a sports writer's family. 
Chris. Mr. Mr. Belvedere. Belvedere. Yes. Oh, you're Chris now? Have we switched oh. names? Zip, zap. <laughs> Zip, zap, zing. <laughs> this is a butler to a prince. Jeeves? No. Oh, that might... No. This is Black Adder. Oh! oh. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Oh, I should have... Oh, man. All right. Butler to a governor. Colin. That's Benson. Yes. And this is a bonus. Benson was a spinoff of another show. That was a spinoff of Soap. Yes. Wow. Man, you guys watch a lot, a lot of, TV of TV about domestic. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Karen, earlier you were talking about uh, deodorant and underarm application. Totally. So I would like to talk about what may be the most famous armpit in America. Totally. Uh, the Statue of Liberty's arm. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's she a was, big deodorant yeah. stick. There was a 1980s, you know, raise your hand if you're sure. That's you know, right. Sure deodorant, and they showed Statue of Liberty with her, you know, with her arm up. But no, in all seriousness, I want to talk about the the mammoth undertaking of cleaning the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. Talked about some, some small not, scale cleaning yeah. at home. And not they, just her pits. <laughs> not just her pits. They don't clean her as often as they should. As it turns out, in advance of her 100th anniversary yes. uh, in 1986. That's right. <laughs> And we should interject, you know, in case you have forgotten, Chris is a major Statue of Liberty fan. Nerd. I'll say fan. Fanboy. Yeah, uh, fanboy. Yeah, fan yeah. So, uh, yeah, feel free to uh, jump in Little and embellish crush. as I go. Call them Done. Liberty Heads. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Liberty Heads. <laughs> Little torches. <laughs> yeah. In the early 80s, they, they realized, wow, you know, we're coming up on 100 years here. We, we got to do a restoration and really clean this up for the big celebration that they had planned for 4th of July, 1986. Wait, did and she look crappy? Well, they had never undertaken a serious cleaning or restoration oh, from the day that she was installed uh, until the 1980s. They Jeez. had done virtually no maintenance, cleaning, and upkeep of it. Yeah. And when they started inspecting it, a lot of things they found really scared them. I mean, yeah. there was metal being eaten away in places oh. and buildup of, you know, oxidization and debris. I mean, and, it's right uh, by the sea. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, salt, lots of salt water. Human right. And salt water. Oh, yeah. right. And, you know, maybe and, you know, 1880s engineering knowledge and technology right Right. you know in some respect it's amazing that it held up as great as it did (laughs) um and so you know i was i was a kid but i was old enough to remember when this was going on and it was a big deal like i say they started in 1982 so they had a four-year plan they announced you know like they announced you know the statue of liberty is going to be closed to the public for a year solid year so they started the plan they put up this giant scaffolding that covered the entire statue they took the torch down for Mm -hmm. restoration Mm -hmm. now i have a confession to make to you guys and i don't know if i've ever told anybody this but as a kid, so when I heard like, oh, they're cleaning the Statue of Liberty, you know, take her clothes off. No, <laughs> no, I I had this vision. Guys, that... Karen has a confession to make. <laughs> Five seconds ago, that's what, that's what I would think if I were a kid. Yeah. they're gonna put her in a shower, <laughs> just spray her down a giant bottle of yeah, giant <laughs> green boobies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was under the impression that when they say clean, they're like, oh, it's like they're going to get rid of all the green. You know, like, oh, they're going to oh, scrape all the green, all the green off. off. Yeah. You know, because, like, I knew that, like, copper, you know, as, yeah. as we've talked about, she is Oxidize, made of copper. Copper yeah. oxidizes. So I quickly learned at the time when adults told me, like, no, they're not taking the green off. The green, do you guys know what the technical name for the green patina on copper is? It's verdigree. Verdigree. Oh, yes. yeah. Right. And verdigree is, is a good thing. It actually protects the copper. Yeah. And, you know, more to the point, it had been a hundred years of people associating green with Statue of Liberty. Oh, it's true. Oh, people don't know that the Statue of Liberty was was not originally green. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Were there pictures of it? Like of a brown? They were black and white. Yeah, they were black and white, unfortunately. Yeah. They Uh, say it took a few years after being set up. They say it was not, I mean, it was not very fast. Yeah, it took a while. Mm -hmm. But yeah, once it was set in her green color, they wanted to protect that for, for many reasons. And in fact, most of the cleaning, I learned, was taking place on the inside of the statue. Yeah. They did very little cleaning on the outside. As oh. I say, the very degree does a pretty good job protecting the copper. You know, they'll clean off the bird poop and they'll, you know, get off just dust sure. and debris. But or... that's not a four-year project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the biggest job was cleaning the paint off the inside of the statue, which mm. was like seven layers thick in some places and had toxic paints. It had coal tar-based uh. paints. And so when they're like, all right, we've got to protect the inside to protect the metal from rusting. We got to do this in a way that doesn't use any harsh chemicals. You know, they didn't want anything that would leach through and damage the patina on the outside. They went through a lot of alternatives of like different chemicals or sandblasting and all these things turned out to be unsatisfactory when they're exploring them. And they came up with what I thought is a brilliant solution for cleaning off all the old paint on the inside. What they did is they sprayed the paint with liquid nitrogen which instantly freezes the paint solid. It shrinks and cracks and loses all of its, and just falls off. Right. And I thought that was such a brilliant solution. It took them 3,500 gallons of liquid nitrogen. I mean, she's a big lady. Uh, Billy Mays here with liquid nitrogen. (laughs) The last couple layers of paint though, as I say, were were really tough. They couldn't get them off using the liquid nitrogen trick. So they, again, they had to be really delicate and careful. And I thought this was not a bad guess, (laughs) ladies. It was a very common household substance. They used lint rollers. What? What? They used what? It was a very common household substance. They used baking soda. They used uh, commercial grade, (laughs) apparently, of baking soda. Oh, yeah. Donated by Arm & Hammer, Natch, of of course. course. Brilliant, brilliant opportunity to get their name in. Good American company. So, yeah. So, they essentially, you know, sandblasted the last couple layers of the the really sticky, gross paint off using Mm. uh, baking soda. Mm. You know, I mentioned earlier that there were some places where they had just eaten all the way through the sheeting. Like, you know, it was just holes in in the fabric of Mm. the outside. What the restoration team did is they... some places patched up the holes with copper that they took from the rooftop of Bell Labs. So the famous, you know, scientific pure research Bell Labs, they had a copper roof that had almost the same degree of patina <laughs> and almost the same color verdigris. Oh, and they worked out a swap where the Statue of Liberty supervisor said, we'll give you some of these old metal that you guys can use for research or study yep. if yeah. you give us essentially patches, little swatches of your, roof. of your roof that they can plug in from the inside of the statue you and that from a distance you wouldn't be able to tell they said there was one interesting thing they noticed when they were cleaning so i mentioned they were using the baking soda you know it's not airtight and so the baking soda would come out through the rivet holes or some of the gaps in the in the sheets and they had to be careful uh if they don't wash off the baking soda it turns the patina blue they would just wash off with water on the outside but it kind of complicated the process they had to clean from the inside and then wash it off because like yeah people don't want a uh, copper color statue of liberty but they sure as heck don't want a blue statue of liberty Oops. either yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. I want to talk about another large-scale cleaning operation, and I'm going to start by, obviously... <laughs> is it your bedroom? <laughs> The Roomba oh. has that covered. Don't yeah, worry about Roomba it. Oh, right. Yeah. Covered. Sorry. So I have a quote here from Walt Disney. And he said, when I started on Disneyland, my wife used to say, but why do you want to build an amusement park? They're so dirty. I told her that that was the point. Mine wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I, I read this quote that I was like, that is true. Disneyland to me is impeccable it's cleanest, cleanest place so clean yeah and i compare it to other amusement parks or you know similar places yeah. and it's like man those places are gross you have like mm-hmm. gum everywhere trash right. everywhere yep. and cigarette butts how do they clean disneyland and it's an amazing operation disneyland is pretty much open Every day of the year. So, you know, mm-hmm. when do they do the cleaning? They do it when the park is closed. Everybody goes home. That time window, midnight or so. Yeah, to eight hours. 8 a.m. is when they do all of the maintenance, the cleaning, the mm-hmm. gardening, everything in the dark. Mm. And it's amazing. So they have, for Disneyland in Anaheim in Southern California, they have a crew of 600 people. Uh, gardeners, painters, mm. custodians, wow. decorators, mechanics, engineers. And for the gardeners, this is when they trim, they look for aphids, mm. everything in the dark. They have headlamps and floodlights. <laughs> I was imagining like a little army of a custodial crew with night vision goggles, you know? <laughs> Probably. It's like zero dark 30, but they're trying to take out wads of gum. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost kind of dangerous because you can't really see that well. Everything's in the dark. And they have decorators who check the gates, who check the paint, and they have a special type of paint that will dry before the guests enter the park and they would apply it huh. when needed. And speaking of gum, Gum is actually not sold anywhere in the park. Oh, really? Oh, okay. All right. Definitely Very sure. smart. But that is smart. Of course, that doesn't stop people from bringing their own gum. And sure. there still is gum. So they have people who would scrape gum everywhere. They would check oh, yeah. bottom of the handrails, you know, oh, on the yeah. street, yep. in the trash can. And of course, I mean, Disneyland is a eccentric place. So you also have eccentric, specialized cleaning crew that is needed, including... <laughs> Four certified divers who collect oh. trash uh. in attractions that deal with oh, water. water features. Wow. Yeah, sense. Jungle Cruise and <laughs> um, what used to be called 20,000 Leagues Undersea. Now it's Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Divers who go in with oxygen tanks, pick up trash that people oh, yeah. throw. Yeah. We, uh, we were just at, this was at Tokyo Disneyland. Somebody had dropped something into the water. <gasps> and you very rarely see this. Somebody dropped something into the water by the, by the place where you board the boats. Uh-huh. And as our boat was coming back in, we see a dude 
he is wearing the most ridiculous, crazy contraption of a thing underwater grabber you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and basically, it has the arm that, that grabs whatever it is in the water. But there's camera attached to it, and he's wearing, like, mm. glasses oh. that have the camera. So, like, he's seeing underwater with this mm. thing. Oh, it, I, I snapped a picture of it. It was nuts. So, yeah, they've got some serious, like, equipment for cleaning and or pulling things out of the water. They don't mess around. Right. And this is a little more mundane, but I think, it, you know, we've got to mention, too, that, like, even just the army of guys with the little sweeper brooms, piece of paper hits the ground, it is picked it's, up. That's the thing. Like So you're that. talking, we're talking about, like, oh, well, they clean in the eight hours, you know, between closing and opening, but it is clean all day. You it can is. You never find a cigarette butt or a wad of gum or a piece of trash in the ground. And you know people are throwing stuff on the ground. But they just clean it up so quickly. Indiana Jones is a ride in Disneyland yes. where it's very – it jostles people. Sure. People would drop things. I didn't know this was a problem until I read this. And from a LA Times article, they actually went to go see what happens after dark in Disneyland. In Indiana Jones, it's a lot of special effects, right? There's a room. There's these ghosts that are projected by light on screens and supposed to be spooky and scary. Apparently, a lot of people like to spit – on the ghosts. Huh. Oh. Like hawk loogies. What? Is that a cultural yeah. thing? On what ghosts? And so the, the Disney cleaners or, or, or custodial <laughs> no. crew actually developed a special saliva cleaning solution <laughs> to clean the spit that gets caught on the, the screen pro- oh. you know, the projecting yeah. the ghosts. Isn't that gross? It is gross. It's gross. Maybe it's like they wouldn't throw yeah. something at it the ghost. It could go. be a cultural, no, or cultural thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's like bad luck, yeah, or superstition, yeah. or something. Um, <laughs> like Enchanted Tiki Room, which is a room full of uh, robot birds that yep. sing. One guy who's a mechanic would play that through and through all night to make sure every and there are hundreds of bird oh, robots oh, to yeah, make sure yeah, each true. robot is functioning it's clean the wings are flapping the right ways yeah. they're turning their heads oh, yeah, the right true. way you can't cool. I mean, you know you always go to other amusement parks and you do something like that and like one thing's broken yeah yeah, yeah. not oh, at disney oh, not at disneyland and uh speaking of mickey mouse that's not the only mouse that's in the park uh <laughs> rodent is a problem like, wherever yeah, there are people yeah, yeah yes. wherever <laughs> there are people but somehow years ago and it's kind of a mystery feral cats started showing up in the park um maybe because there's food maybe because Mm -hmm. there's a mouse population and there's also like different little natural places that the the cats can seek shelter so they live in by the park's trees and shrubs during the day out of sight from the people and at night they venture out i think as of five years ago it was estimated 200 cats live in Disneyland and California Adventure Park. Hmm. And do they sort of have like the tacit approval of the... uh... So instead of actually evicting or getting rid of the cats, their animal wranglers, they control the feline population and they would bring, they would make sure that these cats are spayed or neutered and they would find homes for all the kittens that are actually born, you know, on the premise. There are dedicated feeding stations on the property that feed these cats. Hmm. That live and then they in do Disneyland. The, the rodent control and they keep the rodent population down. Got That's it. smart. Hmm. Yes, yep. And that makes me think. Oh man, do all the other amusement park have a giant rodent problem? They Probably. might do the same thing. What's really cute is they make all the feral cats wear the little Mickey Mouse hats. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, and they take cute. them in to fix them. That's part of it. Yeah. yeah they glue the hats to their heads. That's yeah. so cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they can pretend they work there. Like They, they do. Well, they belong there. They're right. cast members. Yeah, yeah, they'll do pin trading with you. Yeah. If you can find one. They'll, they'll never break character. Little either. Either. No. Oh, no, no, that's the best. They, yeah. Will, yeah. they will pretend to be feral cats yeah. all day long. Yeah, <laughs> all the way to the ER. Yeah. And they attach themselves to your face. Happiest place on earth. Yeah. Disneyland has never disclosed how much money is spent on the after hours maintenance, but it's probably up there. It oh, is probably up I'm there. I'm sure they spend more on the maintenance and cleaning than some other companies spend on their entire operation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, probably. Amazing. That is really, yeah. Amazing. That's really cool. I'm actually surprised we didn't talk about cleaning butts. Oh. What? Oh, oh like. I'm very know. proud of us. Yeah. yeah. I actually huh. did look up toilet paper. Yeah. But there was nothing really. It, uh, it got a little bit too gross. on a roll? 1,000. Yes. Probably wasn't too hard to uh, to get people to buy toilet paper. It wasn't wasn't like a, a tough marketing pitch. <laughs> I'm What's very the tired. use case for I'm this? I'm a corn cob man and I'll be a corn cob man <laughs> till the day I die. I like how you were like, I'm proud of us. And then you make us talk about it yep. for five minutes. You know that we will. The moment you bring it up, yep. it's like, oh yeah, let's talk about, Clean about cleaning poop. Butts mm-hmm. and poo. All right. Time for a last quiz segment. Is there poop involved in this one? No poop. Oh. Uh, other than what you guys bring to it. Okay. Yes. All right. Sorry, you guys. Yeah. Sorry, listeners. Yeah. I put together a music quiz Yay! for you guys, okay, and cool. even one better. It's our favorite kind of music quiz. It has a theme to it. All right, now I want you guys to bear with me on this one. This one's going to be a learning experience. I'm telling you right off the bat, there are some one-hit wonder tricky ones in here. Okay. So don't feel bad if you don't know the name of the band or the name of the song, but I guarantee you, you have heard almost all of these songs. Oh, sure. So even if you don't know the artist or the name, keep working on the theme. And I think you guys will all get right. there in the end. All right. So what I'm going to do is I will play you guys a short clip of a song. And your task is to tell me the name of the song and the artist, singer, or band performing the song. Okay. Uh, that's your that's goal the first. Goal the second is uh, to tell me what the theme uniting all of these songs is at the very end. Mm. Okay. So again, going to be some hard ones. Don't get dispirited. Stick with me. All right. Here we go. We'll start you off with an easy one. All right. Song two. two. Blur. Yes. Yes. Blur. Blur. Song two. I got my head checked. All right, right, here we go. Next one. And I I dare you guys not to smile or laugh when you hear this song. All right. (laughs) Challenge has been set. I have no idea. Y'all ready for this? Close. CNC. Ready? No, not CNC. It's something else. Is this CNC? It is not. This is it's, another. There's a lot of one who wonders. Jack Jams. Jack Jams number one. It is. Get ready for this. <laughs> this. Uh-huh. Oh my god! Something boys. Uh, two. <laughs> oh, two. Yeah, you're on it. You're on the right track. Uh, two. What is it? Two, two unlimited. Two unlimited. Uh, yes. The number two. Two yes, unlimited. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yes. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Next oh, one. Okay. For this. Oh. Yeah. So the theme. Yeah. There may be some red herrings. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> here we go. Next one. Oh. 
What's no idea. What's the song? Hey. Yeah, Gary, Gary Glitter, right? Yeah. There? Yes, Gary, Gary Glitter. Glitter. Oh, yeah, Gary Glitter. Gary Glitter. Oh, okay. That's right. Yes, the proper name of the song is Rock and Roll Part 2. But <laughs> colloquially just called The Hey Song. Okay. Huh. Is there a Part 1? There is. a. There's Rock and Roll Part 1 and Rock and Roll Part 2. But that's the one that everybody okay. knows. All right. Okay. All right. Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. Indeed. Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. And again, all of these songs are prime pub quiz trivia songs. They love the one-hit wonders. Yep, yep. Mm. Here we go. Next one. Yeah, we all know the chorus <laughs> yeah. there, yeah. Everybody seems to know Anyone the want to take a stab at the band um, or full name of the song? I do not. Goodbye. This is Na Na Hey Hey Kiss Him Goodbye. Oh, okay. By Steam. Steam. Oh, okay. File that one away oh, for your pub quiz. My mom has a pair of drumsticks that were signed by the drummer of Steam. That really? is the most awesome thing <laughs> I've I heard think they been in a, a long a time. Connecticut band maybe i don't know they're living on those royalties to yep. this day I'm yeah because sure. that song gets covered left and right all right here we go next one <laughs> Everyone, oh, they, they, oh, that song. Yeah. What is it? Anyone want to take a stab? Don't even. Don't feel bad. This is a tough one. This is uh, Zombie Nation. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Okay. We talked yes. about this before. Yes. And they, yeah. they say the lyric Zombie Nation in the song by Kerncraft 400. Oh, my God. Yes, with two Ks in there. Kerncraft 400. Of course. All right, I won't close this out one here. Mm. A big noise playing in the street Gonna be a big man someday You got mud on your face You big disgrace Kicking your can all over the place Singing We will, we will rock you Sorry. And that one, of course we will Queen, rock, we will yeah. rock Queen, you Queen, we will yeah. rock you Alright, so, so It's not the number two no. It's not the number two the That was my two. my maybe too uh, obvious red herring three. Yes Karen. Jock jams, yeah. sports songs, or stadium songs. Yeah, stadium, stadium songs. Stadium songs yeah. That's right. These are Jock all jams. songs that are frequently, perhaps to the point of death, played mm. at sporting events and stadiums and arenas around the world. All right, well oh, done, cool. guys. Yeah, jock jams. <laughs> I love jock jams. <laughs> All right, and uh, that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot about armpits 
armpits mm. of Statue of Liberty, <laughs> cleaning products, cleaning characters on TV. Mm. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and also on our website, which is goodjobbrain.com. And check out our sponsor at bonobos.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. See you. Spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and more time actually watching and playing what you want with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts.